Welcome into Inside the Nest, the official podcast of Kennesaw State Athletics. I'm Nolan Alexander. Busy weekend ahead at the Convo. Both men's and women's basketball are at home for a couple of games. For the women, they host Lipscomb. The men play host to the University of North Alabama. On today's episode, we're going to cover each program, the matchups ahead. For the men, we'll go behind enemy lines with Benjamin Ray, the voice of the North Alabama Lions, to get an inside look at what UNA brings to the table this weekend. And then Hootie Takes, Kaylee Mansell, our Out Network intern, sits down with Jamie Lewis. As we preview the women's matchup, we go one-on-one with Stacey Jones, the A-Sun freshman of the week. And Jordan Griffith gives you a trip around the A-Sun to update you on the women's roundabout schedule in the A-Sun and the men too. Inside the Nest is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank, the official bank of Kennesaw State Athletics. This is fandom a Fifth Third better. Visit 53.com for more information. Well, it's only appropriate to kick off the broadcast with my conversation with Stacy Jones, the A-Sun freshman of the week. Had a big weekend despite the Owls coming up short against Liberty. We got a lot going on in this podcast, so it won't take up too much of your time. We'll get straight to it. Here's Stacy Jones on Inside the Nest. Sun freshman of the week, Stacy Jones joins us from the women's basketball program here on Inside the Nest. Stacy, I want to lead off with this. You're making the rounds on Twitter. There's a video of you dunking out of everyone here on Inside the Nest between you and me. There's one person on here that can dunk, and it ain't me. <laughs> that, that looked pretty good. Tell me about that dunk. Well, um, my trainer back at the house, back at home, he just lowers the rim sometimes, and then he goes up and up and up until I just dunk. So. That was a 10-foot dunk? Oh, no, that was 9-7. 9-7. Okay, mm-hmm. close enough. Yeah. What was your reaction when you dunked it? I was happy. Really happy. <laughs> yeah, got hyped. But, yeah, I just can't wait to dunk on, dunk on a 10-feet. What's your reaction going to be when you dunk on a 10-foot goal in a game? I'll be, I don't know, cloud nine. That's all <laughs> I I'll be on cloud nine. Well, I don't know if you're on cloud nine or not, but we got big news this week. You were named the A-Sun Freshman of the Week. What was your reaction when you saw the news? I was so excited, especially since I was with my girls, the other freshmen on uh, Kennesaw Girls Women's Basketball Team. We all was excited. We got hyped. What'd they say to you? What'd they do? They're just like, we just screaming. <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> we're all in the car on the phone with my coach, Coach Khadija Head. We was on the phone with her. And mm-hmm. we were all just yelling. <laughs> Well, I'm sure it uh, it made practice in the week go by much better. A couple of tough results over the weekend against Liberty, but I think there were some bright spots in those games. What were your takeaways as a team on your performances against Liberty? Uh, for Sunday, we came out with so much energy, and that's honestly what we strive to do every game. But Sunday was really – we started off real well. We mm-hmm. like to do that every game. Um, our takeaway is just to finish strong. Because we did have the lead most of the game, but we lost it and then wasn't wasn't able to come back. But we want to finish strong and focus to keep that energy all throughout the game, all the way through fourth quarter. I asked Alex Peterson this last week because the men's team has had a, a similar issue with trying to finish strong. And I believe it's something that's easy to say 
and difficult to do. What goes into finishing a game on a strong note? Well, um, the whole team has to have the energy. It's every person is valuable on our team. So when a couple, even like just two people, when they lose their energy, it can affect the rest of the team because we're all sponges and we like, we absorb energy and we can lose it. So that, that could do it. So we just all got to focus on keeping our own energy up and staying hyped throughout the game with the communication and just keeping a positive attitude throughout the whole game. Even if we get down, we're supposed to have the mindset that we can come back. What gets you hyped before a game and during a game? When I when we're yelling, probably one of the loudest ones on the team, me and Jody Mullins. So when we're yelling, that gets me hyped. Do y'all have like a contest between the two so you can uh, get more hype and yell more? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every time she starts yelling, I'm like, oh, do you dare me to do better? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> and then that's how it starts. Well, how's the energy and the hype and practice been bouncing back and uh, getting ready to continue a sun play this week? It's good so far. Um, yeah, we're doing real good. Our energy is up. We're ready to play this weekend. We really are. We want to get the dub. So it's it's been, from my standpoint, interesting each week uh, to see how the conference rearranges schedules based on who can play and who can't play. And each time I see a, a new game added and the location changed, I think of each of the teams and try to put myself in your shoes and think, well, wow, okay, uh, mindset has changed, scouting report has changed. What's it like as a student athlete to go through that where – you kind of have a schedule in the beginning of the year in, in mind, and then maybe come Tuesday, Wednesday, that changes. Um, we don't, well, for me personally, I don't rely on that schedule. I just know, well, I don't know, but I hope that we start, we play and I just work on what I need to work on. Like my superpowers, like rebounding and stuff and working on the paint, in the paint. I just work on it as much as I can and then work on the stuff that I need to work on like my outside shots and my driving and stuff like that. That's all I can really work on and focus on is ourselves and not the other team because they're going to have to focus on how they're going to do with us. Mm. What part of your transition to the college game has come easiest and what's been the most difficult as a freshman? The easiest. Hmm. Good question. Um, I would have to say, free time I guess there's more I don't know I feel like I have more time to get stuff done as a college athlete if that was your question but I don't I don't know I don't know I like it here I don't really think there's anything hard other than having to match the level like how people play in college basketball the college basketball level of how you play that's really I guess the hardest you can say, but I feel like my coach is going to get me ready, ready for that. So I have no worries. What all do you mean by the level? Do you mean speed of play? Do you mean physicality, IQ? Is it a mix of all that? What is it? It's mostly a mix, but the speed of play, yeah, that's, it's pretty fast. But I've, I've gotten used to it because I have really good coaches and teammates. They help me a lot. So That's wonderful. What were you told from uh, former teammates that wanted to play college ball or – coaches or family and friends that may have played at the next level about 
being a division one student athlete and playing college basketball, that's kind of matched expectations this year. It's all about your mindset. Most of it, yes, physical, but it's your mindset. If that's not right, then you will literally not make it. But as long as I have a strong mindset and I'm confident and stay positive, then I'll be straight. And so far that's true. Well, Stacy, it seems like you've got a good head on your shoulders. Congratulations on being named Ace on Freshman of the Week, and best of luck to you and the Lady Owls. Thank you. Back to school means big savings at the university stores. Stock up on five-star spirals. They're buy four, get one free. Receive 30% off Letstrom 1917 journals. Get 30 to 40% off assorted pens, pencils, and more. Carry it all in a new backpack. Select styles are 25% off. KSU students also receive special educational pricing when purchasing technology at Altech. Trade in your old tech products for cash to use towards your purchase of new Apple or Dell products. Through January 31st, Dell is offering a $100 rebate on select models priced $499 and up. Offer available in-store and online while supplies last. We'd like to take a moment to thank our proud partner, Coca-Cola, for being the beverage choice of KSU Athletics events. Coca-Cola, taste the feeling. Owl Network intern Jordan Griffith brings you a trip around the A-Sun to get you up to date on the action coming up this weekend and what's at stake. Here's Jordan on a trip around the A-Sun. Hello and welcome to a trip around the A-Sun. I'm Jordan Griffith, and after a long, extended break, we are back and refreshed for a brand new year, 2021. But we are still bringing you news and stats from your favorite conference, the A-Sun. So let's get right into it. So let's start off with a quick rundown of the A-Sun Women's Conference. Number one, you have Liberty, 8-3, 4-0 in the conference. They look like the clear-cut dominant team to win this conference so far early in the year. Followed by North Alabama, Lipscomb. Stetson, North Florida, Florida Gulf Coast, Jacksonville, Bellarmine, and then the rounded out Kennesaw State. So the interesting part about this conference right now is that Florida Gulf Coast and Jacksonville are right there in the middle of the pack of the conference, but they have yet to play a conference game. It's coming up on January 16th, both of their opponents for the conference to kind of get on the board there, but both zero and zero do the COVID protocols. We knew this would happen. We knew that there would be either rescheduling or just complete discontinuation of games of conference scheduling, just complete cancellations of some of some games and Jacksonville and Florida Gulf coast have had that happen to them to where they haven't played a single conference game right now. So they stand at the middle of the pack. So very interested to see, are they going to have the same record toward the end of the conference season going into the conference tournament? That's going to be very interesting to see and really just around the entire nation in general. So far there has been a clear favorite, for A-Sun Player of the Year in the Women's Conference, and it is Kirsten Bell out of Florida Gulf Coast. Got the waiver from the NCAA eligibility that was waived for Florida Gulf Coast. She is now a sophomore, competed at Ohio State last year, and she is leading the A-Sun in several categories, in points per game and in rebounds. She averages 23 points per game and almost 12 rebounds a game, along to go with three assists, shooting 42% from deep. Now, again, being on Florida Gulf Coast, they have only played six games. And the last game they played was actually at FIU on the 21st of December. So it's been 
a little under a month since they've really played their last game, but this is going to be one of the best players, if not the best player, in the ASUN Conference for the women here in 2021. As for the men, if you're looking at a possible ASUN Player of the Year as well, Kavion Nolan is making himself a case. 17 points. He's really only played in a couple of games, but he has made an impact. He has two game-winning shots. One against Kennesaw State that absolutely broke everyone in the Convocation Center's heart. And then they also beat North Florida 66-65 to January 8th. He hits a last-second go-ahead bucket, his second of the season. And it's a very short season for Kavion Nolan. But, man, he has been playing terrific basketball. They go on to lose the following game in the single-site format. But the Jacksonville Dolphins have gotten off to a tremendous start, 9-5 and five on the season, on the backs of one of the best shooters in the conference. And for the men's, they have a very similar issue that people across the nation have had and that the women's ASUN conference also has. So you have Liberty standing at number one right now with 15 games played. And then all the way down at the bottom, you have Florida Gulf Coast with seven. So the discrepancy between 15 games played and seven games played is going to be catastrophic. We're going to see what this is going to be like at the end of the season. Are they going to be able to make up all of those games? The non-conference schedule certainly factors into it, but that doesn't factor into the record in terms of conference play. But the games played, I feel like, is going to have to play a role at some point, and both the men's and women's teams' conferences are feeling the same sort of heat. So given all of the issues that we have all had to overcome the past year, there are kind of a mindset now of, am I looking at the schedule, and is this a snafu, or is this actually happening? And this is what I've stumbled upon with Jacksonville. So they just played, like I was talking about, North Florida on the 8th and 9th of January. Those games have already been played. Now they're actually scheduled to play North Florida again. They haven't had any games in between. 15th and 16th, they're scheduled to face North Florida. So if that does come to fruition, in Jacksonville, Florida, four consecutive games against the same opponent. I don't know if that has ever happened before in any level of basketball, but four straight games over the exact same opponent. The 8th, 9th, 15th, and 16th. Now, again, I don't know if that is a snafu, if that is, if this is an error on the website, but this might actually happen. So that's something to keep an eye out for. Jacksonville versus North Florida in Jacksonville, apparently for two more games. And that is it for me here on a trip around the A-Sun. I'm Jordan Griffith. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in next week, and let's have a great year. Holy hand-rolled tortillas. Does Chewy's know Tex-Mex or what? We're making our fresh tortillas all day long. Perfect for wrapping up Chewy's famous Chicka Chicka Boom Boom enchiladas. Stuffed with house-roasted chicken, smothered in spicy, cheesy Boom Boom sauce. Better have a handshake and fresh limerita handy. Just saying. So gather up your friends because you can dine in at Chewy's or get it to go. We even have meal kits available for pickup or delivery at order.chewy's.com. Locations in Kennesaw and Perimeter. Find us at Chewies.com. See y'all at Chewies. It's time to go behind enemy lines and bring on the voice of the North Alabama Lions, Benjamin Ray, to give us a preview of the matchup ahead and more insight into what UNA's done so far this season and last weekend's overtime win against Stetson. Here's Benjamin Ray on Inside the Nest. Benjamin Ray joins us on Inside the Nest as we go behind enemy lines to take a look at the North Alabama Lions coming to the convo this weekend for two games against Kennesaw State. Well, Benjamin, I want to start out with 
you've been following this program for a long, long time. You've been around every game, um, watching it or, or seeing it from the road. What do you think about this team compared to its records and its stats? Does, does the five and three record one and one of the A Sun and what we can see from a box score standpoint indicate where this team is, or are there untold stories about the Lions this season? Nolan, thanks for having me on. It's great to talk with you and the great people at Kennesaw State. And You know, this team, I think it's the deepest team that Tony Pujol has had since this Division I transition started. And it's really hard to look at the statistics to see that the non-conference schedule was, was, was different because of COVID, that we lost a bunch of games. Indiana and Troy were really the toughest games. Then you had the two-week layoff. Nearly 19, 20 days, the team went without playing a game from Christmas break after the first A-Sun game was canceled. Then you factor in that this team has yet to play with the full roster. Uh, this past weekend was the first time every player has been available, and, and a couple of players weren't quite 100% yet. So while we've gotten a good look at this team, we still haven't seen this team at 100%. They haven't played 100% together, so they're still getting to know each other. And I think there's a lot of excitement with what we have seen so far. Based on the thoughts on the team heading into this season, when I guess there were guys that, I don't know if they're 100%, but maybe everyone was without COVID protocols, what was the expectation for the strengths of this team when they're all together? And now that maybe North Alabama is getting there, has that changed? I don't think anything's changed. I think internally, UNA was picked six in the preseason poll. I think internally the expectation is – finishing in the top four. And you look at the key players for North Alabama, Jamari Blackman, Emmanuel Littles, Peyton Youngblood. These are guys that are in their third year with this program. You go back to their freshman year, the first year of the Division I transition, and, and they were babies. It's just unreal to see the growth that they've gone through. They've played a lot of basketball. They've taken their lumps. They're still growing and getting better, but now the team feels like all of a sudden they're not the new kids on the block. They're not overwhelmed at the first look at everybody. And I think the expectation is that, that they can make a run in the A-Sun like everybody else, but I, I think top to bottom in the A-Sun, one through nine this year, this may be the, the most wide-open competitive year we've had in the league. Well, it seems like you had two great games on your hand over the weekend against Stetson, coming out on top in the second game in overtime against the Hatters. Give us a bit of a recap over what happened in the course of those two games and how North Alabama was able to pull it out in game two. Yeah, game one, you had two teams that had not played since prior to Christmas. So UNA was... 19 days, Stetson was 20 days since their last game. And in game one, North Alabama looked like the team that had not played in three weeks, especially in the first 10 minutes of the game. And Stetson just shot lights out, 53% from the floor, 12 of 19 from three. And as you know, covering the A-Sun, Rob Perry caught fire in the second half, hit eight threes, seven or eight threes in the game. 29 points, I think, is what he finished with. And Stetson, for the first 10 minutes dominated, UNA fell behind double figures, rallied to pull within two, and they could never really get over that hump in the second half. Game two rolled around, and it's kind of funny. Stetson looked like the team that was tired from playing their first back-to-back. -back. North Alabama looked a little more wired and excited to go, and the defensive effort was much better. And Tony Poolhold talks. That's where he wants his team to hang their hats on the defensive end of the floor. And 
Stetson shot 53% in game one, 33% in game two. I mean, that's a 20% drop off. The disappointing thing is, is, is you're up 15 in the second half and you let Stetson get back into it and force overtime. But as you know, in the A-Sun, anytime you get a win, regardless of how you got it, winning's hard at this level. And that's one thing UNA's learned during this transition. But to just get a win, especially a team like Stetson that, that I think might could win the league, it, it was a good weekend for North Alabama. Benjamin Ray joins us on Inside the Nest, the voice of the North Alabama Lions. Well, you mentioned Jamari Blackman earlier. Uh, he was one of three players in double figures in that overtime win against Stetson. He's been a consistent scorer throughout the year for UNA. What makes him dangerous? What makes Jamari so dangerous is he doesn't have to score to have a big effect on the basketball game. Jamari will do whatever his team needs him to do to get a win. If it's knocking down shots like he did against Stetson, where I think he hit five threes, a career high, or if it's being a facilitator, Jamari just wants to win. And I think that speaks volume to him and his development. He's a, he's a two guard. He, he can play the point, but he, he's really a second point guard out there on the floor along with CJ Brim. He just wants to win. So if that's getting Merv James or, or uh, Manny Littles going, or if that's Jamari stepping up and scoring, he's going to do whatever it takes to get his team a W. And I think we're starting to see more on the defensive end from Jamari as well. Is there a more unfortunate name than Emmanuel Littles for a guy who's six foot seven and has racked up some incredible rebounding numbers? 19 uh, against Crowley's Ridge on December 17th, 17 against Freed Hardman, and then he had 17 in two games over the weekend. I mean, Littles, six seven, two fifteen. Come on now. Does he think about changing that last name? You know, sometimes I'll say, Manny, not so littles grabs the rebound because he, he's just a tenacious rebounder. He wants to be the best rebounder, not just in the A-Sun, but in the nation. And his freshman year, he finished fourth in the A-Sun. Last year, he led the conference in rebounding. This year, he's led the conference pretty much coast to coast since the season started. There was one stretch where he lost the rebounding lead because he we didn't play during that stretch. And then he came out and he had 19 rebounds, so he quickly got it back. But Right now, he would rank seventh in the nation if UNA qualified for NCAA statistics during the uh, transition. And you talk about a guy that that any ball that comes off that rim, he he thinks he can get it. He has a belief that he can win every battle. And six seven, a lot of teams are throwing out guys six eight, six nine. He is a little undersized underneath going in against the post, but they, he doesn't back down. He he truly is fearless. And now we're starting to see his offensive game evolve. And I think that's a big testament to assistant coach Ahmad Smith, who's done a lot of work with Manny. Give us an update. You mentioned the eligibility issues there as far as qualifying for NCAA stats. What's the timeline with UNA in, in their transition? So every every sport is on the same timeline. And this is year three of a four-year transition. So we're over halfway through our Division One transition, which – it's crazy to think back to 2015, I believe it was, 2016, when, when the university made the, the announcement we were going Division One, and now we're almost through with this transition. So year five will be the first year that every sport at UNA is eligible to compete for NCAA championships. And the great thing about being in the A-Sun, the A-Sun lets us compete for the A-Sun championships, but we can't take the automatic qualifying bid to the NCAA tournament. Our football program, which competes in the Big South with Kennesaw State, they are not allowed to compete for the uh, Big South championship, but uh, they, they still get to play a full Big South schedule. So 
year four will be our final year of not being eligible for, for anything. Year five will be a full go and, and we're excited. And, and the thing that, that I hate most is, uh, you know, the, I know the NCA wants to make it tough for, for programs to transition, but I, my stance has always been don't, don't punish the student athletes. We had a women's basketball player who would have led the nation in assists two years ago. And the, the fact that you take that away from her when she's done nothing other than go out there and be the best player on the floor, you, you hate to see that, but it hasn't stopped our athletes from going out there and competing. Benjamin, I'll leave you with this last question. I know we're recording this earlier in the week, so I don't know how much you've been able to preview this matchup with Kennesaw State, but based off what you've seen from UNA and what you may or may not know about KSU, what intrigues you about the matchups this weekend? I think one is it's the opportunity to play, and that's something Coach Bullhold talks about all the time. Just be thankful to get out there and play and compete and get better. And then I think for me, I'll be broadcasting the game on radio for UNA. Unfortunately, I travel restrictions. I won't be in Kennesaw with you guys, but I'm excited to watch Chris Youngblood play. I'm excited to watch Spencer Rogers play and how do, do they match up against North Alabama? Looking up and down the Kennesaw State roster, it looks like there's some great size on this team. I know Kennesaw is one of the youngest teams in the A-Sun, but uh, Coach Abdul Rahim's done a great job of getting great talent in there. I think it's one of the programs on a rise. Two tough games against the Liberty this past weekend, and I don't think Kennesaw is a team that you can sleep on. So I'm just one, I'm excited to see the two teams get out there and compete against each other. And I'm excited to see some of the, the top guard play in the ASUN go toe to toe. Benjamin, equally excited as well. Thank you so much for spending some time with us on Inside the Nest and best of luck in your calls this weekend. Hey, I appreciate it. To help prevent the spread of COVID-19, remember the three W's, wear a mask, wash your hands, and watch your distance around others. Wellstar believes when we all work together to do our part, we can keep Georgia safe. For more safety information, visit wellstar.org. We appreciate Benjamin joining us on Inside the Nest, and I hope you got some insight there into what's ahead between North Alabama and Kennesaw State coming up this weekend. One last segment to get to on this episode of Inside the Nest the always fun Hootie takes. Kaylee Mansell sits down with Jamie Lewis to wrap up Inside the Nest. Here's Kaylee and Jamie on Hootie Takes. Hello, Kennesaw State. I'm Kaylee Mansell. He's Jamie Lewis, and we are back with another episode of Hootie Takes. Jamie, first question, I'm going to give you a chance to call out a teammate of yours. So which of your teammates do you think got their first kiss last? Mm, probably CY. Why CY? Uh, he looks like, he seems like he probably just wasn't focused <laughs> on that part coming up. So, yeah. <laughs> You think he was just focused on the game instead? Yeah. Absolutely. With Christmas coming up, if your coach was Santa, who do you think would be his biggest helper? Um, probably uh, Coach Fletch, maybe. Why him? Do you think he's like? No, they're like really close. Mm -hmm. So I think that would just be like his sidekick or something. Well, my show, Hootie Takes, stems from what we call hot takes, which is super unpopular opinion. So I need you to give me your hottest take on the spot. I think um, Allen Iverson is like 
and the most iconic player to ever play. Why do you think that? Not LeBron, MJ, Shaq, Kobe? Yeah, no. Um, I just think he's just like a six-foot guard to do it all. And that just means a lot. Jamie, thank you so much for sitting down and talking to me tonight. It's been an absolute pleasure. Good luck to you the rest of the season. Thank you. You're welcome. We look forward to seeing you out at the Convocation Center this weekend. Men play host to North Alabama. Women play host to the Lipscomb Bisons. Saturday, Sunday for the ladies. Friday, Saturday for the men. Tickets, same spot as always, ksuowls.com slash tickets. I'm Nolan Alexander. Inside the Nest has been brought to you by Fifth Third Bank, the official bank of Kennesaw State Athletics. Fifth Third Bank, this is fandom of Fifth Third Better. Visit 53.com for more information. We look forward to seeing you at the combo this weekend. Until next time, go Owls.